on November 22, 2023, national polygamy advocate Mark Hankel shares how anti-polygamy laws were never pro-woman. Hello, friends, supporters, listeners, and sharers. Have you ever heard an anti-polygamist claim anti-polygamy laws were enacted in order to protect women? They cared about women. Oh, really? Let's take a quick yet deep look into that, shall we? The anti-constitutional notion from politicians seeking to ban polygamy first appeared in the party platform of the then-not-yet-successful New Republican Party of 1856. This was not the original Republican Party of Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, and James Monroe, who had each served two four-year terms for a total of 24 years consecutively from 1801 to 1825. That original Republican Party ceased to exist after the first-ever Rhino, R-I-N-O, Republican in name only, John Quincy Adams, one-term presidency from 1825 to 1829. From there on after, it was the Democrat versus the Whig parties trading off elected presidencies. The Whig party formed in response to the first Democrat party president, Andrew Jackson, whom they nicknamed King Andrew. As the name Whig, W-H-I-G, stands for anti-monarchy, anti-king authority, as under the anti-monarchist principle of the British Whig Party in England, these new American Whigs were American anti-monarchists, opposing the idea of a king-like president like Democrat King Andrew. Abraham Lincoln, who had first been a former Whig, later joined a new Republican Party that emerged in the 1850s. It was that new Republican Party that would elect Abraham Lincoln in 1860 that first formally called for the enactment of anti-polygamy laws in their new party's platform of 1856. In the new election cycle, those new Republicans succeeded in getting their first ever president elected, Abraham Lincoln. That new Republican Party had continued on ever since being nicknamed as the GOP, which stands for Grand Old Party. From that first election, when Abraham Lincoln took office in 1861, it has been the Democrat versus the new Republican parties trading off elected presidencies ever since. Following Lincoln's recognized election, until he actually took office, seven states had seceded and Lincoln was quickly prosecuting the American Civil War. While America was understandably distracted by that civil war, the U.S. Congress cleverly passed the Morrill Anti-Bigamy Act of 1862. Eventually, the Civil War ended, the states were united again, and they got three amendments ratified which both freed the slaves and guaranteed all African-American men the right to vote. That's right, only men. By 1878, a man named Reynolds, who lived in the Utah Territory and was facing charges of bigamy, 
legally challenged the anti-bigamy law. The activist judges on the 1878 Supreme Court denied Reynolds his application of First Amendment freedom of religion defense. That Reynolds v. United States decision of 1878 became the major Supreme Court precedent on which all future marriage control laws were based for more than the next century. Cocky from their successes, the Congress went even further and thus passed the Edmonds Act of 1882, even more deeply criminalizing polygamy. That new law even criminalized anyone for merely cohabiting with more than one woman, or even for just believing that polygamy was acceptable. Those are the facts of history. Seriously, were they really seeking to protect women? Did they really care about women? Uh-uh. No way. Here are also the facts. Following the New Republican Party's platform of 1856, they never guarantee women the right to vote. Six years later, the Marill Anti-Bigamy Act of 1862 did not guarantee women the right to vote. Year after year went by, and still no right to vote for women. The Civil War ended, and three anti-slavery, anti-racial amendments were ratified, giving African-American men the right to vote. And yet still, no right to vote for women. Years and years and years go by, and still no right to vote for women. The Reynolds v. United States case of 1878, decided by the Supreme Court, still did not get women the right to vote. When the Edmonds Act of 1882 was passed, still no right to vote for women. Almost another two decades pass, and still no right to vote for women. A new century begins, the 1900s. Still, no right to vote for women. It takes two more decades, even after that, before women finally had the right to vote with the 19th Amendment ratified in 1920. 1920. 1920! That is more than six decades. That is more than 60 years from the time of the New Republican Party's plank of 1856 until the 19th Amendment of 1920. No, the makers of the anti-polygamy laws absolutely were not about protecting women, not about caring about women. So you can say these facts to any anti-polygamist who tries to pretend otherwise. The facts are, if they cared so much about women, why did it take them decades and decades before they let women have the right to vote? They might have other reasons, but caring about women was not one of their reasons. And yes, I can address such other seeming reasons in future podcast episodes. But one thing these facts of history prove to us is that the subterfuge and tyranny of the anti-polygamy laws were never about caring for women.
So now you know the answer to give such anti-polygamists. If the makers of anti-polygamy laws cared so much about women, why did it take them decades and decades before they ever let women have the right to vote? It is because, in truth, in reality, in fact, the anti-polygamy laws were never about women at all. No, the anti-polygamy laws were never pro-woman. Never. Now you know. With this clarified, I'm sure that some of you might rightly be asking, But Mark, how were the Congress and the Supreme Court able to get away with such anti-constitutional marriage control? Ah, great question. Kudos to you for being on top of that. I will expose that subterfuge on the next episode of this podcast. Stay tuned. Until then, I again thank you for celebrating, supporting, listening to, and sharing the National Polygamy Advocate Podcast. Mark Henkel is National Polygamy Advocate. Presented polygamy to the public since 1994. National Polygamy Advocate. Dot com.